in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, literally breaking news. Uh, this is a new plan. Uh, Joe Biden will speak to the nation at 7.30 p.m. to talk about gun violence. Uh, does he want to make... I don't know what happened there. That sounded like yesterday's episode. <laughs> was that epi- Yeah, it was yesterday's episode of the news. He already made that speech. And it was terrible. What did he do? He played the angry man. He played the, uh, what is it, the consoler-in-chief. It looks so weird. The candles behind him. It looked a little bit satanic. It looked a little bit like a, like a yoga studio. Did you see it? Where are these things anyway? He, um, he was not good. He was divisive. He was all the things that he said he wouldn't be. Where are my sound bites from that speech? Anyway, let's listen to one or two. Not impressed. It was just, um, do we even want to bother? Sure. Let's just, uh, let's just a little, little, little. T- hey, give me a call first of all. Hey, wait a second. You guys don't have any of these sound bites from the big president's speech? I wouldn't be that into it either. He's already on vacation, by the way. Remember when the president say, I will not rest. I will not rest. Well, he rests. It was a three-day weekend, right? We have any of those things? No. Okay. All right. Just the. All right. So anyway, uh, it was a three-day weekend, and he took the day off. He's already off on Friday. <laughs> Where does he get off? He's still a federal government employee. You know what I mean? What about a? What? That's that's a very very strange guy. Anyway, he did the whole. I'm angry about this. We got to do something. And that's what he does. It doesn't matter. As long as he does something, as long as he does something, that's what per- career politicians do. Look at me. I'm doing something. Look at me. I'm doing something. Oh, look at me. I'm doing something. Oh, look at you. You did something. All right. So let's hear, uh, let's hear a little bit of the speech, huh? Go ahead. In front of Rob Elementary School, we stood before 21 crosses for 19 third and fourth graders and two teachers. On each cross, a name. And nearby, a photo of each victim that Jill and I reached out to touch. Innocent victims murdered in a classroom that had been turned into a killing field. Standing there in that small town, like so many other communities across America, I couldn't help but think there are too many other schools, too many other everyday places that have become killing fields, battlefields here in America. Yeah, well, that part, I guess, was, you know, it was bad. Then he starts saying, well, the assault weapons ban, if only we had the assault weapons ban back, then all of our problems would be solved. If only those damn Republicans would do something, yeah. I'll say this about the speech. He didn't mention white supremacy, did he? Nothing about white supremacy this time. Thank goodness. Go ahead. Let me hear something else. We spent hours with hundreds of family members who were broken and whose lives will never be the same. They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. You know, I think that's what they were saying to the cops, actually, who were huddled outside the classroom. Maybe Joe Biden was overhearing the conversation. I don't think all these Texans were necessarily asking Joe Biden to do something. You know, Joe Biden, do something. What's he going to do? 
He heard what he wanted to hear. Yeah, this is what I do. I do things. Look at this. I'm going to sign a piece of legislation. You know, he gave that big speech, blames Republicans. You know, he should be doing more. And what does he do? He takes a vacation. He goes right to the beach. That's where he is right now. Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Why does he go to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware anyway? This is like a, it's like a cheap version of uh, Daytona Beach during spring break. It's a horrible place to be. It really is. I can't stand spring. I, you know what? No offense, college students. I can't stand college students, especially when you're at the beach. You know, you're all skinny and in shape and drinking your fool, you're drinking like crazy. And I, I, I don't like college kids. I don't. I mean, I like them. Um, you know, uh, I don't like you guys when you're on spring break. Fair enough. And I know it's not spring break anymore, but I don't like the way you guys act at the beach. And when I think of Rehoboth, I think of spring break. And um, anyway, he's there. Oh, why he's there. This is where he can discreetly receive, we believe, medical treatment. Medical treatment. He can't get it done at the the White House. Everybody will be, you know, asking questions and noticing who's coming and going. So he goes somewhere. Every, everybody leaks, although the, the media is going to protect this guy. All right. So guns, 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 guns. We got to do something, anything. Actually, what they don't want done is something. Joe Biden doesn't want something done. Why? He said doesn't want anything done before the midterm elections. Uses this as a big issue, all right, to to get people out there to possibly make this not the bloodbath that it's going to be for Democrats. They are desperate for an issue. It looked like the Roe v. Wade thing turned out to be a bit of a bust. Will this help them? I don't think so. What about gender issues? What about trans issues? Joe Biden has the back of young transgenders no matter where they are. Hey, Kevin, did you get that little thing I sent you? Listen to this uh, individual. I can't tell, and neither will you, when the individual is done speaking, whether she's a boy or a girl or a whatever she is, but she got the ideas for whatever she is via TikTok. Now, what is TikTok? Quite frankly, I don't even know myself. It's an app in my phone, and silly videos come up all the time, although I'm told it's run by the Chinese, and actually people have said, whatever you do, don't download it because the Chinese will go through everything you got. Well, I don't want the Chinese messing with my phone any more than they already are. So I actually don't have the app installed on my phone. And anything big that happens on TikTok, uh, people on Twitter find it and put it on Twitter, and I look at it that way. But this individual, uh, like so many others, it's interesting. They're being radicalized and sexualized on TikTok. And TikTok is a Chinese company. More on the significance of that in a moment. But let's listen to this individual. I was watching TikToks while I was out of school because of the pandemic. And um, I just ended up on the like queer side of TikTok. I'm like, I didn't like really know these people existed. Maybe this is who I am. Okay. She say anything else? She's radicalized and sexualized by TikTok. By TikTok. Okay, this is an American kid during the pandemic looking at TikTok all day long. TikTok comes from China. It was designed in China. It's owned by China. Guess what they don't allow in China? What they call sissy behavior. They have outlawed it. Now, I don't think anything should be like that should be outlawed here. You want to behave however you want to behave, whatever you want to be, whatever gender you want to be, that's fine. You have at it. This is a free country. But, but. But 
I think we might be being manipulated by China. They're trying to radicalize and sexualize children. They don't stand for it in their country. They want it in this country. Why? Because it's going to undermine us. It's going to undermine all of our institutions. Certainly already is undermining the military. Doesn't that make sense? TikTok and this kid and many others, millions like her or him, whatever the situation is, and they're, they're looking at a Chinese product all day long that they don't even let their own people look at. And look at what it's doing to people, giving them all kinds of crazy ideas, and they're literally going off the deep end, opting for permanent, irreversible, mutilating surgery. <laughs> you know, this, I think, and guess who's really cozy with China? Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden, isn't he the... He's the guy who spent more time with President Xi than any other president ever, any other world leader ever. He, I've got hours of this, him bragging about how well he knows President Xi. I've looked at tapes, too. President Xi never brags about how well he knows Joe Biden. He's like, shut up, Joe. <laughs> You're going to blow the whole gig. So China, they want our children radicalized and sexualized. China also wanted us out of Afghanistan. Oh, yes, they did. They wanted us out of Afghanistan. That was a victory for them. Remember that colossal failure? Remember the catastrophic defeat of ours? Did you know? Easy to forget. You don't actually think of China and Afghanistan in the same sentence, but China borders Afghanistan. It's a short border, small border, but the very China looks a little bit like a teapot. I'm sorry, Afghanistan does. And if you take the little spout all the way to the end, that's where it touches China. China wanted us out of Afghanistan. China has all kinds of designs. I think they'd love that access to that airfield, Bagram. What else do we got over there in China that's valuable? Lithium, lithium fields, lithium for batteries. What else? Uh, well, poppy seeds, opiate, you name it, all that stuff that can, well, make a lot of money and get a lot of people hooked and make a lot of people vulnerable for takeover, annexation at the very least. And they own... Now they own Afghanistan, and also, I believe, they own the Bidens. You know, we've got Hunter running around bragging about how, how close he is with this Chinese billionaire and that Chinese billionaire. It's becoming so incredibly obvious what's happening to me. You know, I saw something as Joe was crying about gun control. How about that? A guy who's been in politics for 50 years, 52 years if you count his time in the Delaware, Newark, Delaware City Council. 52 years he's been in politics, and he's still talking about, we're going to pass a law, that, you know, just pass one more law. Right, just one more law is going to do it. Now he really wants to make the, the gun age, what, from 18 to 21. This, this, this is going to change everything, right? Just one more law. Well, somebody found an interesting picture uh, it's a big banner being held up over Joe Biden's head. And it says, Joe Biden has been protected by assault weapons for his entire life. Joe Biden has been protected by assault weapons. Well, for a huge chunk of his life, for at least 50 years, you know, the Capitol is protected by counter-assault teams. They've got heavy equipment. They've got huge guns and they've got uh, uh, torpedoes. They've got all kinds of Heavy-duty stuff to ward off an attack. You know when they're in there for the State of the Union address? You know how tight security is. Oh, except on January 6th. 
except on January. Uh, let me come back to the Capitol. Seriously, when he's in the White House, he got counter-assault teams, right? Have you ever been down there? Look on the roof of the White House. You can see it from the street. You can see it from uh, outside the fence. They got big guys walking around with big weapons. Everybody knows that the White House is a hard target, well protected by these counter-assault teams and who knows what else. The same goes for his old house, the uh, Naval Observatory on Massachusetts Avenue. He got all kinds of security, men with heavy weapons, semi-automatic weapons, fully automatic weapons, machine guns, protecting Joe Biden and his family. Now he's at Rehoboth Beach. That thing is protected up the yin-yang. Capitol Hill, when Joe is a senator, of course, well-protected. One of the most secure places on earth. Except one day in January, where Republicans wanted to ask questions about how the hell this dim-witted, feeble fool got elected president from his basement. That's the one day, the one day, everybody was able to break in. A guy with a funny hat is able to walk in, walk all the way down to the Senate well, and stand behind that damn podium and say, I'm in charge here. What in the hell, huh? I mean, I always knew. I always knew it was an inside job. I always intellectually knew it. Now I can feel it. Now it's in my gut. Now you can see it. Joe Biden, the Capitol, the White House, always protected by those heavy weapons. And on one day in January of 2021, when we want to have a full debate about that crazy, phony election, that's the day everybody gets in. (laughs) You thought you can fool a Corleone? Is that what they say, right? You thought you're messing with the wrong Marine, fellas. You're messing with the wrong Marine. That Marine being me. Be right back. Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Meanwhile, things locally are not looking up right now. Egomaniac Eric Adams, I get it. I get it. You like the way you look. You like the way you sound. You can't believe that you are telling all those crackers what to do, right? Right, Eric Adams? That police department and the crackers. Now, somehow you're in charge of it now, right? Go to hell, all you crackers. I'm in charge. I'm Eric. I'm the mayor. And I don't like. That all you crackers are out there. I don't like the way you crackers are talking about me. So what does he do? He brings in a semi-criminal. Who the hell is this Andre that we have a gun czar? Hey, czars never work. Just ask the drug czar, right? (laughs) America has a drug czar. We've had a drug czar since the Reagan administration. I think it was well-intentioned, but... uh, it's actually not a drug czar. It is the director of the National Drug Control Policy Office. A drug czar does sound pretty. You know, whenever you don't know anything, you, you don't know what to do, you, uh, you appoint a, a czar. You sound like a tough guy. You sound, ooh, this is big and bold. Until you find out uh, the, the czar is uh, either some geek, uh, some academic, or in this case, um, well, uh, <laughs> from what I'm hearing, he's basically a criminal. Uh, Andre Mitchell. Uh, all right, let's do. Well, let's give him a chance. Cut one, please. Today, I am announcing Ooh. a new task force that ah! will be co-chaired by A.T. Mitchell, yes. founder of Man Up, Man Up, a violence prevention and community development organization in East New York. He will be co-chairing the task force with Deputy Mayor Sheena Wright. 
The task force members will include every deputy mayor, oh, wow. police commissioner, chancellor, everyone that impacts or touches the lives of a young people will be part of the solution of dealing with gun violence. All right. Why is there so much music and stuff like that? Hey, did I hear that Andre, what's his name again? Mitchell is going to be the chair and the police commissioner is going to be a member of the task force. So the police commissioner reports to uh, Andre. Eric Adams is, uh, you know, buddy from the hood, it sounds like to me, quite frankly. Um, Let's see here. Cut three, please. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things y'all. the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in the shelter, and you start, try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. Get out of my face. Eric, you get out of our face, it sounds like. No one's talking. What are you talking about? You know, I get it. You got a guy you think who's got street cred, right? And that's going to make all the difference. As if our cops don't have street cred. As if the NYPD, they're not ready for this job, right? The NYPD, you got a great department and you're trying to do this stuff with uh, uh, your task force and your uh, your drugs are. It ain't working, Eric. It ain't working. You know, I had a friend today, uh, yesterday, last night in New York. He's from, um, he's from Nevada. Great guy. One of my flight instructors from uh, the military. He's a pretty tough guy. He flew in the Gulf War. He's an airline pilot, and he's like, okay, I'm going uh, back downtown. And he's he know he loves the city, even though he's never lived here. He you know, comes here a lot overnights. And, uh, and I had to tell him and his wife, don't get on that subway. He said, what's wrong? So when's the last time you've been here? It's like a year ago. Well, you, things have changed. Don't get on the subway. Take an Uber, take a cab, take a bus. And, uh, well, tomorrow I'll be okay, right? I said, wrong. <laughs> I said, why not? I mean, people will protect me on the subway. Number one, no one's riding the subway. Ridership is off like 50% now, okay? It's not like, no, the community isn't going to come and help you. Stay off the subway. All right, so uh, what other less? Oh, here's the drug czar himself. No, the gun czar, Andre Mitchell. He's from one of those, you know, up with hope, down with violence organizations, right? <laughs> uh, where uh, for the people, uh, uh, what was that organization I once heard of? It was called NUH. <laughs> NUH. Ready? N-N-U-H. New Yorkers for Nonviolence, Understanding, and Helping. <laughs> Otherwise known as NUH. All right, so we got Andre, Andre Mitchell. Uh, go for it, Andre. The new drug czar. Congratulations. Cut four. We've been dealing with this issue for far too long, and we've been using the same tactics over and over again, and we've been getting the same results. So no one should have a problem with us trying something different. Give us a chance to prove our self-worth. We are the people who are closest to the problem. So quite naturally, we have the answers to those problems. Um, your self-worth? What the hell is your self-worth? What <laughs> You're cl- yeah, you're a criminal, so you can figure out the criminality. Okay. You know, uh, we've been trying for far too long, you say. No, we haven't. This is a new phenomenon. This chaos, this crisis, this uh, this crime, this uh, this is new. This is new. 
We knew how to handle it for 20 years. For 20 years. De Blasio and his crew and a trend that flourished coast to coast. You guys ruined this. We knew what to do. Stop and frisk. Tough on crime. Proactive policing. You can do that stuff and still be popular with the community. Eric, Bill, you losers. This isn't funny. Get with it. Fast. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you know Facebook is rigged. Big tech in general, social media is rigged, including Twitter still against conservatives. Elon Musk um, really shook things up and is shaking things up, but he doesn't own it outright yet. That's not a done deal. And I noticed that uh, the Twitter geeks there were running scared for a little while and trying to undo all the algorithms, logarithms, whatever, and try to kind of cover up what they had been doing for the past um, uh, 15 years. Uh, But now it seems to be back to business as usual and uh, censoring people like me. When Elon Musk first made the move, I was getting... Uh, 25,000 new followers basically an hour, <laughs> okay? Like, uh-oh. And now it's back to the shadow bands and this, that, and the other thing. Now, here's something that you don't understand uh, that a lot of people have not talked about, but I've been able to put it all together. Facebook, in 2016, definitely helped Donald Trump uh, get elected by basically not tilting the platform one way or the other. Donald Trump, his campaign, they were able to buy ads on Facebook fair and square. Okay? Now, Facebook was, well, the Trump campaign, they were much better at it than Hillary Clinton. They were. And that guy, Brad Parscale, he was the campaign digital director in 16. Total genius. Ran circles around everybody when it came to this stuff. He was just better than the other side. And it was like a great big TV station, and they bought all kinds of commercials, and they used them in clever ways. And uh, anyway, Washington, the swamp, um, other people in big tech, they were so mad at Facebook. Do you remember they dragged Zuckerberg up there and a couple of other executives, including Sheryl Sandberg? Sheryl Sandberg is quite a character, a bit of a faker, if you ask me. Sheryl is... um, in her early 50s, she was the she is the COO, the chief operating officer of Facebook. She just announced her resignation the other day that she's leaving. People are like, hmm. I was definitely like, hmm. Why the hell is she leaving that sweet gig? Um, well, now we know. Now, first off, let me just say this. The reason why big tech is cracking down on conservatives like me and probably you if you're online is because they're still trying to make up for being so fair to Donald Trump back in 2016. They can never let Donald Trump happen again. So they have rigged it a thousand different ways, a million different ways to keep our voices suppressed online, at least social media. They have done it. Oh yes, they do it. It's definitely happened. And why? Because they, well, they hate Trump and they also hate getting yelled at by the far left. They hate it. The New York Times did uh, nasty stories about Facebook, not for, well, for being not hard enough on Trump, for letting Trump buy ads fair and square during the 2016 campaign. They'll never forgive them. So Sheryl Sandberg is the basically the number two person there behind Mark Zuckerberg. She's no great shakes, by the way. Basically, she was an intern in college to a guy named Larry Summers. Larry Summers becomes 
the Treasury Secretary in the Clinton administration. What does she? What does he do? He brings that sharp intern along that he had, Cheryl, and makes her the chief of staff. And she works in government, and like everybody else in government, cashes in when she leaves and gets a big, big, big job at Google, like number three at Google. She goes basically from being uh, Larry Summers' intern to uh, being the uh, chief operating officer at Google. She does that for a few years, becomes a billionaire, and then becomes a billionaire again working for Facebook. She was installed at the top. All right? Anyway, all that money, you think she could pay for her own wedding. (laughs) Oh, listen to this. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg investigated for using corporate resources to plan wedding. Uh, departing Meta executive. Meta, Facebook is now called Meta, by the way, M-E-T-A. Departing Meta executive Sheryl Sandberg announced her resignation from the tech giant during an ongoing probe into her alleged use of corporate resources to plan her wedding, according to a report Thursday. This is in the New York Post. Sandberg, 52, shocked the business world Wednesday with her decision to quit as Meta's chief operating officer, saying she wanted to focus on her nuptials. And future philanthropic efforts. Oh, no. But the powerful executive also reportedly felt burned out after building Facebook into a, okay, I know the burned out part, into her upcoming Meta's probe into whether Sandberg misappropriated company resources to bland the bash was still ongoing as of May. Sources familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal. The investigation comes after a separate inquiry into allegations that Sandberg pressured the Daily Mail to spike a critical story about her then-boyfriend, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick. Hmm. Activision? Wasn't that a game console in the 80s? Um, A Metavision representative pushed back on the notion that internal probes were factors in Sandberg's reason for walking away from the company. None of this has anything to do with her personal decision to leave. None of what? This. What's this? Well, it's a thing. How the hell can you do that? A billionaire. I've heard of this happening before. Sometimes billionaires can be the biggest cheapskates around. And sometimes they can be incredibly generous people. But um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I find this uh, I find this kind of typical. I find it kind of typical. Hey, I want to go back to that Gunzar and some other n- craziness. Guns are for New York City, and the guy's basically a criminal. He got investigated a million times for uh, putting, you know, friends, relatives on the payroll. And here he is. He's going to tell, he's going to prove his self-worth on our time. Let's see here. Cut five. You got to give Andre Mitchell, you know, up with hope, down with violence, Andre Mitchell, some time here. Cut five. The community that we represent can create, as you heard mentioned at this podium, solutions for themselves. And we're going to work hand in sync with that community to make sure that we deliver the things that they say that they need, the things that they say that they want. And these men and women behind me are trained to deliver those resources into those neighborhoods where other people cannot go. Okay. Did you see the uh, the people standing behind him? Yeah, no. You don't want them showing up. Hand in sync? Is that what he said? What the hell does that mean? I've heard of hand in glove. Did he say hand in sink? Can I hear on Mr. O- Drugs? What is he again? The czar? The gun czar. Andre Mitchell. One more time about the hand. Where does it go? Cut five. The community that we represent can create, as you heard mentioned at this podium, 
solutions for themselves. And we're going to work hand in sync with that community to make sure that we deliver the things that they say that they need. All right. I have a community. I happen to live on the Upper East Side. I want more cops. I want them acting more aggressively. That's I live there. That's my solution. More aggressively, I want uh, a backing of the cops from City Hall. I want the city council to stay the hell out of it. And quite frankly, <laughs> how's that? Robust, proactive law enforcement. This guy's going to go around to the community. I think he's got all kinds of creative ideas about the, how to become wealthy. That's what it's about for a lot of these dudes. Adam has something to say about our new gun czar. He's in Florida. Where in Florida are you? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. What's up? Uh, well, making this guy the drug czar is like making Hunter Biden. Sorry, making that guy the gun czar is like making Hunter Biden the drug czar. Well, I like and will it. This guy, and will this guy be able to get his hands on any uh, funds that he's going to uh, steal and use for his own personal gain? Now, Adam, you know what? He's a volunteer. All right? He's a volunteer. Trying to do an Eric Adams impression. I got to work on it. Um, he's uh, he's volunteering officially. Oh, this has got corruption written all over it. Let's face it; it's really bad. Thank you, Adam. Um, <laughs> um, maybe the oh, you know what he calls himself? The Biden of Brooklyn. Eric Adams. He's the Biden of Brooklyn. More and more, he's he's living up to that pledge. The Biden of Brooklyn. Uh, let's take one more. Hey, Christine's been around. We haven't heard from you in a while. Our friend up there in uh, Connecticut. Hello. Hi, Mr. Kelly. I I had a funny story I'd share quickly with you. Um, the other day at our Pride event where I live, um, I made Senator Richard Blumenthal very uncomfortable, and I didn't do anything uh, mean or nasty. Um, I'm a city LGBTQA commissioner, and he came for the Pride event. And afterwards, I introduced myself. I said, I'm a conservative trans woman, and I said, thank you for coming. We helped to bring people together, and I gave him a hug. And by the look, and if looks could kill, I would have been in the ground six feet under on the spot. <laughs> now, what do you think made him uncomfortable? The fact that you said conservative, the fact that you're trans, what, what made him, um, you know, what made him that way? Um, maybe conservative, conservative and trans. Right, because that's not supposed to, uh, you know, that's not supposed to go together. Hey, can I ask you, I didn't know you had this commissioner job. Um, what do the other folks in the LGBTQIA community make of you? Um, and before I ask that, I'll say this. I happen to know it's more politically diverse than folks uh, in the mainstream media would have us think. You know, there's a thing called the log cabin Republicans and uh all kinds of things. And um, anyway, what do they make of you? Well, I got appointed to the commission last year simply for the fact that I am not a Democrat. They wanted some diversity on the um, commission. And when I brought up, I wanted to send a formal invitation to the NYPD LBT officers to march in our parade tomorrow. Um, the commission denied that formal request but said if any law enforcement people want to come they they will be welcome they just don't want to send a formal invitation yeah hey and just real briefly i've been talking about this all week and it's okay if we disagree on this uh christine but you know i i think pride month is kind of bogus to be honest i feel like i agree with you you do but you're having these pride events and stuff like that let me just explain why i think pride is bogus because 
you know, I think you take pride in 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 contributions and character. You know, who you want to have sex with, that's kind of you're designed that way. I'm designed that way. I don't take any pride in that. I mean, I take plenty of joy in it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not waving a flag yeah, well, running down the street. Yeah, I agree. Um, if they want to do a one day like celebration, but we don't need a whole month for heaven's sakes. It's a bit over the top. We agree, Christine. Thank you very much. Um, enjoy, always here. Enjoy. You, you bet, man. Take care. I mean, you bet, Christine. Sorry. Um, and uh, what else about that? Christine's very thoughtful on these issues and very open-minded and fair, by the way. She happens to be trans, and um, but we've had a good dialogue, and um, I just, uh, yeah, she's great. So you tell me, um, should we get the guns are on the phone? Let's get the guns are on the phone, okay? I want to talk to Andre Mitchell and find out exactly what he means, how this is relevant to our lives, is he on a mission to find the guns or some sort of personal journey of his own? Cut four, please. We've been dealing with this issue for far too long, and we've been using the same tactics over and over again, and we've been getting the same results. So no one should have a problem with us trying something different. Give us a chance to prove our self-worth. We are the people who are closest to the problem. I have no so interest in this guy's self-worth, all right? That's up to him and his self. I just, uh, you know, this is the kind of crap he was saying in the 1980s. We've been trying these tactics. We actually found the tactics that work. This city was turned around. This city, not only did we keep it safe from conventional crime, from terror attacks. I mean, my goodness gracious. And we did it with fewer cops. They were coming from all over the world to study the New York City Police Department. And oh, by the way, the community that this guy talks about so much. The NYPD was like a rock stars in that community. Rock stars, 75% approval rating everywhere, everywhere. And then we ruined it. We ruined it. Or more specifically, Bill de Blasio, right? First, he, first he pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he managed to actually break it. We know what works. This kind of crap that uh, Andre Mitchell has been talking about, that's the kind of nonsense they've been talking about. Community-based solutions and nonviolence and up with help and down with violence. and uh, uh, Remember the group? New Yorkers for nonviolence, understanding, and helping. And we will get together in a collaborative, holistic way. Uh, Yeah. Lock them up. (laughs) I mean, not just... uh, you got to be sophisticated about it. You got to be savvy about it, but you also got to be tough about it. And you got to be, you know, not apologizing, not apologizing all the time. And I don't want to apologize for being a man either, huh? How about that? This Pride Month thing, as Christine said, it's over the top. It's just too much. And the hideous, hideous conversation we're having about gender. Do you know who Matt Walsh is? Matt Walsh is a great conservative thinker and podcaster, and everybody should go to the Daily Wire and watch this show, What is a Woman? He's actually very, very funny, but it's also very, very truthful. Here's Matt Walsh. He's the guy talking to a female pediatrician about gender identity in humans and in animals. It's kind of funny. It's also very insightful. Cut 44, please. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No, your your sperm don't make you male. 
then what does? It's a constellation. In reality, in truth, okay? Whose truth are we talking about? The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I. No, you're not listening. If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, Does chi a chicken commit suicide? Let's frame it because you're talking, you're trying the, the chicken to... chicken has sex like any, like any biological organism. A chicken has organism. an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we assign female to chickens when they lay eggs? That's a, we that's... assume they're female if they lay eggs. <laughs> You can only, but you got to be careful about that assumption, she says. Go to Daily Wire, look for What is a Woman? A, tonight on Newsmax, and thank you very much for bringing it, uh, we, we were talking about it yesterday, this food fire situation, the factory situation, where there are so many strange incidents, uh, food distribution plants, we're on it, we're on it, and there's something wrong, something very, very wrong. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I love my country. Coast to coast, Hawaii, Alaska, all the territories. I love the U.S. Constitution. I love our history. But I'm finding myself in a weird position where I hate the government. I love our systems. I love our the institutions as they were conceived, but I'm finding myself hating the government. Peter Navarro, who's about as great a tr patriot as this country has ever produced, a senior advisor to Donald Trump, at this moment is in jail. He's been arrested. He's charged with, let's see, failing to produce documents demanded by the January 6th committee failing to show up for a subpoenaed testimony, subpoenaed testimony before the House January 6th committee. The, the criminals are in charge. The criminals are in charge. Those that that farce of January 6th. I know, I know what they did. And they did it because they stole it. They stole it. People evil enough to steal an election are evil enough to lie, cheat, and steal to cover it up. And lie, cheat, and steal to make you feel like you're the one who's out of line. They are evil. They are evil. Who's on the list? Possibly the worst, Nancy Pelosi, but she seems like such a dingbat. It's hard to believe. Kinzinger, Cheney, something deeper. Those people are just, they're just kind of fools, just doing whatever they can for the limelight, to be in the limelight. I can't believe it. Peter Navarro, I... Yeah, I knew they were coming. You know, there was a pressure being applied. Could this happen to Rudy Giuliani? Now, Rudy's been cooperating, but... Hey, I can't believe it. Federal agents jammed down his... Knocked down his door and took all of his telephones, all of his computers, 
except for the one computer they should have been looking for, Hunter Biden's laptop. Here you want this. Oh, no, 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 no. What else did they do to Rudy? They took away his law license. Greatest attorneys America has ever produced. They took away his law license. They have pissed off, excuse me, the wrong United States Marine, and that's me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I can do, but I got to do something. This is wrong. And too many people are scared. I know. They're very, very clear. You know what they've done, actually, in this racial crap? This uh, dividing us over race? Trying to pit people against each other? Cynical? Evil move? Something's it's beyond up. I see it. You have any ideas on what I can do, what I should do? And by the way, how I don't find myself... Uh, I don't know. Come with me, Mr. Kelly. I, For the first time in my life, I wonder about that. The only other time I ever wondered about that was when I was walking around in Russia at the age of 15. And oh, by the way, I was breaking the law in Russia. <laughs> I was, actually. I was, I was. Uh, uh, well, when you went to Russia in the 1980s, as I did, I was in 10th grade. I went there for a two-week trip. Uh, our school, Garden City High School, sent a kind of a, had a trip once a year. And if you paid enough money, you could go. It wasn't like a scholarship or anything like that. I went for about two weeks, was it? Went to Leningrad. That's what we called St. Petersburg back then in Moscow. Anyway, the word was um, they were really crazy for American jeans. So if you brought a couple of 501 Levi jeans, you know, you could trade it for cool stuff. And I traded it for some cool stuff. I got a Soviet army hat. I got a Soviet button. I got a Soviet coat. Anyway, that's against the law, but whatever. I was really worried, though, I was going to get arrested. I had to meet somebody somewhere with all my jeans and get all this stuff. And it was like midnight at the metro across from the hotel. It was really kind of scary. I actually got detained for a little while. I kind of feel like that's the same vibe that's coming from the government right now. Don't you? And Joe Biden, you know, these, uh, oh, everything seems to be under siege. You know, we had that caller yesterday. Think about it. Everything, everything that we used to take for granted. Freedom of speech is under siege, right? Our children are being attacked. They're being radicalized. They're being sexualized. And they're being slaughtered in a school, and the cops just stand by and watch. Our food supply seems to be under attack. When's the last time you heard about a food shortage in America? A food shortage in America? I remember, I'm trying to think, was there ever anything that they, we ran out of? Ever. Like, you know, since World War II. Was there? Baby formula? The basics? When did we, when, when has this ever happened? Never. Gas prices. Never higher. And we have a president actively lying about it. Actively lying. You want to hear some really amazing lies? Here we go. The first clip you'll hear is Joe Biden saying that our policies have nothing to do with gas prices increasing. He said that just uh, the other day. The second clip right after, you'll hear, you'll hear the same guy say that as a candidate, this is Joe Biden running, he's going to bring on all these policies to get rid of fossil fuel. He's, 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 he's lying. And he does he not think that historians are going to be able to put two and two together? I mean... 
he's getting away with it because the fake news is still is still afraid for some reason or in cahoots or whatever. Listen to this. Cut 36. There's a lot going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term. All right. Now look at uh, cut 37, please. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Wow. Those are policies that he outlined as presidential candidate. And he's doing a lot of that stuff in big ways and small. This was the theme of his campaign. This is how he became the nominee, by running to the left, by doing the AOC dance. Endless examples of this. Cut 38. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipeline infrastructure? No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth? even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. Uh, Is there any surprise that we have record high gas prices as he's working on all this stuff? Record high gas prices. He wanted it that way. He wanted it that way. And if you listen closely, really closely, here's more lies, but here's also justification. Is his, His answer to all this when he's called out on it now? is, hey, I know what it's like for prices to go up. It happened to me 75 years ago when I was a way little tyke. What? He's 80 years old. He's still telling us what it was like for him as a kid? (laughs) Uh, Cut 39. Listen to this. I know people are still hurting. I'm I'm not unaware of it. As my dad would say, every time that price of the gas... Went up at the pump. Guess what? It was a conversation at our kitchen table that mattered. It affected outcomes. It affected what we did. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. You heard me say before it would be a matter of great discussion at my kitchen table when I was a kid growing up. It's affecting a lot of families. He <laughs> feels your pain. But that's all a lie, by the way, because we looked it up. And when he was born in 1942, gas was uh, 11 cents a gallon. 18 years later, when he's technically adult, an adult, gas is 20 cents a gallon. Is that something they worried about at the inflation at the at the Biden kitchen table? That on average, gas was going up a half a cent a year, a half a penny a year. Were they really making decisions based on that? No! <laughs> He's just, uh, that's what he does. He lies. He just, it sounds good, so he says it. He says it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, you know what doesn't sound good is all this uh, pride. I don't like 
Gay pride. I don't like pride. I just, I mean, you take a great deal. You used to be embarrassed about taking excessive pride in anything. Uh, no, no. Now it's all about um, being gay as possible. Cut 41. that it is June. We are celebrating Pride Month. Pride Month begins. KPIX5 is proud to celebrate the LGBTQ community. Today marks the start of Pride Month for the LGBTQ community. And at WUSA 9, you know this by now, Pride matters. Get ready for parades, festivals, concerts, and a lot more. Parades, festivals, a lot more. What else? Why? Why is this embraced? And when I come on the airwaves, and talk about my faith, I get a couple of dirty looks. Not here, but, you know, in places, over my career. Why is is he talking about God again? Uh-oh. we got to tell him that that's not what we do here. Hmm. But I can talk about being gay? If only I were gay. I happen to be straight. I have thought about this before. Because if you're gay, well, um, society just embraces that. I mean, in a big way, right? Far bigger than than being a Christian or being a practicing Jew, right? No, no, no. You can't make a reality show about that. Let's go back to being gay. Cut 42. Throughout June, we're celebrating Pride Month on the show and our social media platforms by honoring leaders in the LGBTQ plus community. It's Anthony Anderson. Happy Pride Month, GMA. Hi, everybody. It's Michael Bublé wishing you all happy Pride Month. I love you. Happy Pride Month, GMA. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and i got to say something really important. Happy Pride. Um, it's kind of, it's just not even interesting. They think they're being so edgy. No. I mean, the only thing you're doing, quite frankly, is edging out people like me. All right? I don't feel like I have a place at the table anymore. Even in certain churches, like that Park Avenue church with your stupid gay pride flag right in front. What the hell kind of message is that? It's exclusionary. You're excluding people. Some of us don't want to think about what the hell we want to have sex with all the time, whether it's a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, more appropriately. Okay? Sexualized and fetishized. We wonder why all these kids are coming out as uh, non-binary, non-this, non-this, uh, LG, whatever. Whatever. What is this kid, by the way? The WCBS uh, clip that I sent. You tell me. Uh, this individual is on the spectrum of something. She has been watching TikTok videos all pandemic long. Thanks a lot, China, for TikTok. And we got a bunch of confused kids like this. I was watching TikToks while I was out of school because of the pandemic. And um, I just ended up on the like queer side of TikTok. I'm like, I didn't like really know these people existed. Maybe this is who I am. All right. Thanks a lot, TikTok. Wow, what a contribution. Where does TikTok come from? China. Yeah. Undermining us from within. It's deliberate. It's happening. And we got to stop it. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. I am very shaken almost by the arrest of Peter Navarro, who has is not complying with the phony baloney January 6th committee. I just put this out on Twitter. You tell me if it's too much. I think this is the way I feel, though, right now. 
Uh, let's see here. What did I just tweet? Um, and this is how I feel. I'm sorry. Maybe I do. I have to put everything I feel out there. Maybe not. Maybe that's not that smart. But um, here's how I am right now. You arrested Peter Navarro. That's it. I despise the U.S. government. Corrupt to the core. I love America. I love our Constitution. But our government has a foul anti-democratic stench. Fair enough? I think that's fair. I love America. I love our Constitution. That doesn't mean I have to love these. I just... Peter Navarro did nothing wrong. Those people who let the January... Sixth protesters inside the Capitol on purpose. They're the danger, not the protesters. It's everything else. They were manipulated. The whole damn thing. The whole damn thing. All right. Eileen is in Rockland County. Hi. Happy Friday. Hi, Greg. How you doing? All right. Hey, what um, do you think of my tweet? Is that too much? I hate the government. I love the country. That's fair. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm talking to the phone. I'm saying, welcome to my world, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. No, let me tell you something. You were talking um, in the first hour about um, how um, a lot of uh, other states' police departments were coming to New York to learn how to train. Well, my dad, may he rest in peace, he was a New York City detective. In the 70s, he put in 22 years. And remember the show Columbo, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, my dad trained Peter Falk in North Manhattan um, homicide. All right. How to be a detective. Did your dad wear a trench coat? And, you know, one more thing. Was he one of those no, guys? No, no, no. He didn't do that bit or the cigar. Or, Man, you got away. My sister and I used to do that at the mall. We used to buy these cigars, and we used to pretend we were Colombo. All right, all right. So enamored. All right, so your dad, uh, so your dad cool. helped train Peter Falk. Tell me more. Anything else? Um, he also worked on the Malcolm X case with Bill Confrey. And do you know, do you rather hear the author Hillary Waugh, W-A-U-G-H? No. He's written books about high... Um, High-profiled um, police cases. Yeah. My father and Bill Confrey are in one of his books. Well, isn't that's... That cool? Isn't that cool? That's I mean, pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool. You're right about the Columbo angle. And, hey, you know who used to direct uh, Columbo episodes? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, who went on to become, you know, Star Wars and all that stuff. Uh, wait, Star Wars or uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and a lot of other things, Saving Private Ryan? He started by de directing Columbo episodes. I like Columbo. It's amazing. Those shows, you can go watch an episode of Columbo. They're totally different. TV is not like this. The, the, when Columbo dialed the phone, he actually, they let him dial seven numbers. Dial it. You know, he'd walk into a room, pick up the phone, dial all seven numbers. It would ring twice. Then he'd have a conversation. They moved slower, but they were richer somehow, more, inter more interesting, more enjoyable. All right, Eileen, final thought, then I got to go. Okay, I love you, Greg. Say hello, give my best to your dad. Oh, I sure will. Thank you, Eileen. That's a great love final you, thought, and I'll be right back. Thank you. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> uh, oh, I misread the time. Um, oh, well. All right, sorry. I shouldn't have rushed her off the phone, but I think we were pretty much done. Uh, one other thing. One other thing. Uh, why is it that Joe Biden got rid of all that student debt? 
He is now forgiven $24 billion in student debt. That's a lot of money. And, you know, you, you incur debt, you pay it back, right? And there's this, uh, in, oh, I guess we want that entitlement attitude. We want everybody to have a, I'm entitled to no debt. I'm entitled to not work. I'm entitled to my weed. I'm entitled to my Netflix. I'm entitled to chill. Entitled, entitled, entitled. I don't have to do anything. If I want to feel like a superstar, all I got to do is hold up the phone to my face and show my whatever. And yeah, there I go. Look at me. Easy. Everything's easy. We want everything easy. Thanks, Joe. This is, uh, this is uh, par for the course from a guy who uh, claims he's happy that his son is screwing uh, his sister-in-law. Yeah, Joe Biden put out a statement saying, I am happy, and they have my full support that Bo and Haley, Haley, I'm sorry, Hunter and Haley are hooking up. Haley used to be Bo's wife, and then Hunter started, you know, wedding her. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy stuff. And Hunter was married to a nice woman named Kathleen. And Joe Biden, so desperate. This is not ancient history. This is not 1978. This is 2017. 2017. And Joe says he's happy. And and Hunter has his full support, along with Hunter's sister-in-law, Haley, as they do crack together and have sex together. This is a perverted and corrupt family. And this is the kind of individual who says, yeah, all that debt you incurred, don't worry about it. We got it. Forget about it. AOC said she wanted this, and I work for her now. Not you and not me. I love our country, but I have had it, had it with the U.S. government. Be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, any minute now, Peter Navarro, former senior advisor to President Trump, who's right now in FBI custody, is wearing handcuffs because he refused to comply with the phony baloney corrupt January 6th committee. Totally politically motivated. He's in handcuffs. What a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace. My goodness gracious. I can't believe this is happening. I guess the same thing happened to um, uh, Steve Bannon a while back. You know, a lot of people try to write off Navarro as some sort of kook. You know why? Because he would say things like, the Chinese were working at the Wuhan lab on what would become known as the COVID virus, the coronavirus. Yeah. And that we, America, were writing checks to fund that research. We were. He was right. People accept that now, even the fake news. But he was the first to say it. He was the first to know it. It's a brilliant man. He doesn't deserve this. Now they're just trying to make it look like, oh, another Trump official, you know, another, oh, another Trump goes down. Like, 
like all those other guys, like Michael Cohen, who went down for not declaring income from taxi cabs, like Paul Manafort, who hid money he made from a Ukraine campaign in 1989. Nothing to do with Trump. Interesting man, brilliant, Harvard PhD, but, you know, marches to his own drummer, a different kind of guy, and he's in jail right now. It's just, uh, the world is, um, the world is not right. The world, I tell you, and what am I going to do? And what are you going to do? They're being used. They're being used. A lot of people are just using these little things for their own gain. These moments. Uh, Here's an example. Does anybody, you know how I feel about Governor Cuomo. I have no use for the guy. I can't stand what he did regarding those patients. I can't stand that he rejected the U.S. comfort, USS comfort, turned it around because it was from Trump. I can't stand the $5 million book deal. A lot of reasons why I'm glad he's gone. But he was no sexual predator. Okay? And here's the chief of the, excuse me, Albany Police Department a while back announcing that he essentially has filed a arrest, an arrest order for Governor Cuomo. And he's so smug and happy about it. Cut 45. We have a solid case. Um, Our investigative staff did a marvelous job. I'm very proud of the work they did. Again, they took um, a very high-profile investigation. They methodically broke it down. We have um, an overwhelming um, amount of evidence. Um, We have a victim who's been cooperating fully every day, every step of the way. Well, they did not have a case, and their non-case fell apart basically, before that press conference was over. But that was Chief Craig Apple, very peculiar individual, but very typical, because he had political motivations, and he turned around earlier this month and announced he's a candidate for the state senate from Albany, wants to be a state senator. And that's why he waged that phony baloney indictment. Here's another guy you may remember, the lawyer that the House Democrats hired as their impeachment counsel during the Russia hoax. Cut 46, please. We are here today because Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, abused the power of his office, the American presidency, for his political and personal benefit. President Trump directed a months-long campaign to solicit foreign help. All right, goes on and on. We all know that's true. But he talked about personal benefit. What about Daniel Goldman's personal benefit? Yeah, he thought he was a superstar, but nobody was really watching those hearings. They weren't. It wasn't like Nixon, Watergate, and the whole country was on the edge of the seat. Everybody knew intuitively that it was phony baloney. And uh, he's, he's finding that out the hard way. So after that, Daniel Goldman says, wow, I can be somebody because I was on TV during the day on MSNBC for, uh, for three weeks. So first up, he tries for New York State Attorney General. Cut 47. I'm Dan Goldman, and I'm running for Attorney General to fight for one standard of justice for all. Um, well, that didn't work out. That campaign lasted about two days because Letitia James decided she can't be governor, so she's sticking around. So he can't be Attorney General anymore. So he tries again. This is a guy who's really hungry. <laughs> He really wants to be in uh, politics, huh? Cut 48. 
I understand you have something to announce. I do, Willie. As we look around uh, the country and the threats that are really existential in terms of our democracy, threats to right to vote, threats against the right to choose, our climate and public safety, um, I am running for Congress in this new 10th district because I want to get on the front lines and back in the trenches like I did during the impeachment to fight for our democracy, defend our democracy, but also move, bring a new voice so that we can move some of these issues forward that the Republicans in particular are really trying to roll back. Yeah, the Republicans. He wants to get on the front page again. This is about his unquenchable ambition. That's what it's about. You're talking down to the people. I saw him dress up in like, remember the Menendez boys, the kids who killed their parents when they showed up for the second trial and they were wearing that those knit shirts from Target. That's what he does when he's when he's in campaign mode, this guy. Other than that, he's wearing $4,000 suits. Um, hey, something else. Let's see here. The shooter in Tulsa. The shooter in Tulsa the other night happened to be a black guy. But it happens to be that's the last thing the fake news wants to talk about. So they don't. They'll talk about everything else. They'll talk about him being a man. They'll talk about him being a shooter. It goes on and on and on like this. Don't they feel awkward about it? Well, they do. I guess they they feel awkward about saying he's black, so they don't. Cut 49. Officials have not publicly identified the shooter, but say he is between 35 and 40 years old. We do know he's 35 years old. He brought a rifle and a gun inside. He's believed to be between 35 and 45 years old. Very helpful of law enforcement to give such general parameters, right? And this guy was, they knew exactly who it was right away. And they don't talk about his race. Now, I don't particularly care, but... Seems like they make a very big deal when the shooter is white, don't they? Cut 50. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer. The suspect in custody is white. Police say a 28-year-old white male carrying two handguns crashed a stolen truck into a building. It's humanizing the shooter once again. And can I point out that the shooter is a white man who is alive after they knew that he had killed eight people. Gail King wanted that uh, white shooter killed immediately, I guess, by cops. No trial, no nothing, no evaluating evidence. Just shoot the guy. Humanizing the shooter. Gail King doesn't like that. Wow. Phony baloney conversation about race. Here's something. Now, I like the Top Gun movie. You know that, right? I chose to like it. There are a lot of inaccuracies with the flying, and I could go on and I could write a book about the problems with the movie. But I chose to like it. I like that everybody went to the movies um, on Memorial Day weekend, probably this weekend as well. I like that Tom Cruise made the movie. It's a good old-fashioned movie. And even the best movies have you know all kinds of plot, especially movies about the military or policing. They always get stuff wrong. I do like that they actually rented real planes from the Navy. These aren't models. This isn't claymation. This is real stuff. Real F-18 Deltas, they rented for, I think, $50,000 an hour. So it just has a certain, even though a lot of it is wrong, it's very realistic in certain ways as well. Uh, what was I going to say about this? So I like the movie, but <laughs> there is a lot of racial virtue signaling. So what they do is this. Tom Cruise obviously is white. All right, he's going to be the star. He's going to be the hero. 
Um, now they want to put stars in this movie, right? They want, uh, and they got certain people in in mind. John Hamm, they make him the the admiral, who does a very good job as the admiral, and they also want Val Kilmer in it as an admiral. He does a very good job as well. Well, you got two admirals, you got three white guys in super, supervisory positions here. Um, how do we fix this? Well, we got to get a black guy. Let's make him an admiral as well. Okay, now we want Goose's son, and he's white. All right, so how do we mix it? And we want this other guy who's really good-looking. He's white. He's in. All right, everybody else is going to be black. All right, so you got a black guy, you got a Hispanic guy, you got a woman, you got a this, you got a that, you got a this, you got a that. Also, Tom Cruise and the heroes can be the heroes. The people in power stay in power. But they virtue signal in such a way that gives them permission to stay in power. Whereas the ordinary flyers, the pilots, right, who generally speaking, by the way, in real life are happen to be. It's not a bad word. I'm sorry, but it's true. White and men. Well, we pretend or we make casting decisions and they're all Hispanic and Asian and this and that. And that's. Now, I would like there to be more diversity in all kinds of walks of life, but for a lot of reasons, there isn't. But it's easier to just count the faces and rearrange colors. That way, people in power, like Tom Cruise and his top friends, can stay in power. Works like that in corporate America, Looks like works like that in me, all across the board. But who's affected, quite frankly? <laughs> well, in the Top Gun scenario, white pilots. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not satisfied with where we are. I would love it if there was more diversity in the real Navy. But doing it, I guess it was so on the nose. That's the problem. On the nose. You know? And again, diversity in the lower ranks means that Tom can be the top dog. And that has a trickle-down effect into the real world, your world, my world, whatever color you are. And I don't think we've really thought that out. Richard is on the phone from Bayside. Hi, Richard. Hello, Craig. How are you? Fine. Good. Um, I'm, I'm a bit confused because it's supposed to be Pride Month. But Mayor Adams has also said it's supposed to be Gun Awareness of Violence Month. And which ones should I celebrate? <laughs> well, you got to, well, we got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it, there are so many platitudes and so many phrases that people toss off and, and, and without thinking about it again. Uh, every politician in the country says, this behavior is unacceptable, yet they continue to accept it. And it's just a phrase. It's such a weak word, too. You know who said that a lot? De Blasio. It's unacceptable. Now, we saw a police officer get hit in the head. That's unacceptable. <laughs> you just say, like, it's like unacceptable. That's what a teacher does, you know, during recess when they, when they see a kid, I don't know, push somebody off the monkey bars. That's unacceptable. It just doesn't seem to uh, carry much weight. Hey, what's Bayside like? I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, what's it like? Well, I, I live in a very leafy part of Bayside, uh, down by Union Turnpike. And uh, we have Cunningham Park on one side 
and we have Alley Pond Park on the other side, and it's green and it's quiet. And to the best of my knowledge, there has only been one robbery in, in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's a little. I was hoping you were going to say the last couple of years, last couple of months. I've been to that Cunningham Park. They play uh, movies sometimes in the summer. Um, right? Have you ever been there for that? They they set up one of those big yep. screens, and it's really nice. Uh, although I only did it once, and it was ten years ago, but it was nice. It was nice. I saw Doctor Strangelove in the middle of the park. It was cool. Hey, Richard, thank you very much. Great points. Oh, wait a second. Uh, Vic is on the phone from Cherry Ridge, Pennsylvania. Hey, is Oz going to win this thing or what? Yes, he is. Good. What's up? Uh, Greg, you know, uh, with the LBGT flags and stuff, uh, uh, they had the nerve to hang that flag uh, in the uh, ambassador to the Vatican. Are they kidding me? Did they do that again? Really? Yeah. I mean, he's a disgrace, this guy. I don't know why they haven't excommunicated him already or stopped communion. You know, I've called called the uh, Archbishop of uh, Washington, D.C., I've called the Archbishop of Delaware. I've called the bishop here in uh, Scranton that said, oh, yeah, uh, they took out a full-page ad welcoming him uh, uh, Biden as uh, the son of Scranton. Hey, let me ask you something. When you make these phone calls, so you actually call up the bishop and you ask to be put through and they put you through and you talk to him, what happens? Never. Never. (laughs) Give me. They give me a go-between, you know, and I explain to them I'm a Eucharistic minister, I'm a Catholic, and I think that it's abhorrent that this guy can ma- uh, make a mockery of the Catholic faith. Well, what thing you can and, do, it's hard to get anybody on the phone if you just call out of the blue, except my show, of course. But if you just call on the phone, they could give you the runaround. What you should do is put it in writing. A lot of people want to pick up the phone, and they're always frustrated. You know, less and less business being done on the phone. you got to put it in writing, and you will get a response. It takes a little bit of effort. You got to, you know, and I know installing a printer on the damn computer, it, the, I can't do it. But does that make sense, Vic? Because I think you'd have a lot more impact if you write letters. It does. I had something else and at one point, and I did write uh, when I was in Brooklyn uh, a letter to the bishop in Brooklyn, and I did get a response, but it was certified and handwritten. So, All right. All right. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Make it happen. You put it in. Thank you, buddy, very much. And uh, all right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. All right. Creating a little mischief on in the social media world, but I believe it. I believe what I'm about to put out there. Okay. So craft this with me, all right? This is a, this is a process. Uh, the, the last caller was right about the LGBTQ flag being flown at the Vatican by our United States Embassy. Now, again, it's not about being gay. It's not about being straight. It's the pride thing that I have a problem with, taking pride in what you—this is so against what God and Jesus talked about, okay? Uh, your sexuality is not what makes you special. It's, 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 it's abhorrent, quite frankly. And waving that dumb flag up there when it's not, you know, it's 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 kind of insulting the host country, whether it's Kuwait, whether it's the Vatican. So here it goes. All right, let me see. So Joe Biden, I write, is a deviant. I'm going to put deviant in all caps because I know that'll get some people mad. But you got to do that on Twitter. 
He loved it that Hunter was hooking up with Bo's widow, Haley, while Hunter was married to Kathleen. With three children, by the way. All right, that's where I am right now. With three children, by the way. At Great Kelly USA, if you want to see this, see my handiwork. With three children, by the way. Uh, what do I write after that? Uh, now, he's rubbing pride in the faces of those who have more important things to wait no i gotta make i gotta acknowledge that they're offended by it all right i'll keep working on that hey it's friday i like to do a bit more uh uh, of the phones on friday and with that we'll go back to gail in staten island hi there gail good afternoon greg um well, listening to you, I just came to a conclusion. What? I, well, I, I had something else to say, but you know what I was thinking when I heard all that screaming that they do when they appointed now a czar. This administration is good for appointing uh, non-compliant people. We have the twins of Yoda without his wisdom. We have uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Homeland non-security and Janet Yellen, I um, I screwed up with the economy. Sorry, and uh, Biden. I don't know. He just appoints all these crazy people. Yeah, I know, and, Gail. Yeah. Where do you live in Staten Island? Prince Bay. Where is that? I have no idea. It's before Pleasant Plains in Tottenville. It's all the way at the south. Oh, Tottenville, I know. Tottenville, I know. All right, final word. Who the hell is the uh, the borough president down there? In St- oh, it's Vito Fisella. Have you ever met that guy? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, when they had a rally, I did see him. I like him. I like him a lot. Hey, I, you wanted to say one thing about fentanyl. What is that? Oh, I was wondering if China has a um, fentanyl problem, and I wonder if they hand out meth and pipes and have needle programs for their young people there that they're screwing up with our minds. Well, I know I traditionally know. they had uh, they had an opium problem. I do not know about fentanyl, and I know they don't they don't tolerate much. I don't want to be like China, but they uh, they don't mess around with the uh, the afflictions that we are encouraging here. Gail, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Hey, let me take one uh, two more. Pamela is in Central Jersey. Hi. Yeah, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because the news that Peter Navarro has been dragged away in chains makes me sick to my stomach. Americans need to know how much that man did in getting the vaccine to us. And the fact that they dragged him off like this is a disgrace. Everyone should boycott something. Boycott liquor this weekend. Make an industry feel (laughs) it. Well, wait, why are we? I mean, I'm not for drinking, but what what does that have to do with uh, Peter Navarro? Well, something that t- will touch an industry that they will know that we are outraged by this. All right. Well, it's we Friday. It's hard. It's uh, I, I. I am too. I, I. I. You should have seen what I was saying earlier in my tweet. My tweet's probably going to get me kicked off of Twitter, but whatever. Um, it's Friday at three o'clock. It's a little late to pick an industry to boycott this weekend. I mean, you got to organize that stuff. And by the way, boycotts hardly ever work. But it is. No, I'm still. I, I disagree with you. I disagree. Um. Uh, Sometimes a threat of a boycott, but no, they they generally don't work. You can look it up. The Harvard Listen, Business School has studied. This man worked so hard, and he's being dragged off in jail, to jail. Well, don't worry. I mean, he's going to be out of jail. Like he might even be on my show tonight. 
you know, he's just passing through jail. He's not going to do time right now. So he'll be out pretty soon. Check out my show. There's a good chance he's going to be on it. He's a good friend. We like him a lot. He likes doing our show. And um, it would be great to talk to him after this horrible ordeal that he should not be enduring. Pamela, thank you. Of course, he knows the truth about the election, and he's not afraid to talk about it. Uh, it is 2.57 on a glorious Friday. Is it glorious outside? Whatever. I, uh, I'll take one more call. Steve in Long Island. Yeah. Good afternoon, Greg. Good afternoon. So thank you for taking the call. I just think it's disgusting, everything Biden touches. I mean, he's going to forgive the loans on the students. I mean, why don't we ever hold these colleges accountable for exorbitant prices? That's price gouging 101 right there is college. I mean, I have a problem paying my mortgage. Can I? Can he pay my mortgage off? I mean, it's pathetic already. I know, I know, but do not get dispirited, okay? You know, uh, somebody was calling about boycotting. I don't know. How about reading the Bible this weekend? I've got to tell you, God can do amazing things in horrible, horrible circumstances. He can wow us and amaze us all. Let's get closer to him this weekend um, and every weekend, today and every day. Hey, listen, thanks a lot. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax Show at about 7 o'clock. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.